0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Startup Stories, where I interview the best and brightest startup founders and experts so you can be ahead of the curve with your own startup venture. This episode brings us together with Alain Nico, a business angel, founder of various startups like Le Shop in 1997 and partner at VI Partners. Alain likes searching for startups and meeting exceptional people, and he believes it's important that an entrepreneur can manage the day-to-day firmly, be realistic and have good sales skills. In this episode we start off by exploring what he enjoys about being a partner at an investment fund of over 100 million swiss francs and what he misses about being on the other side we then dive deeper into questions around how a fund works what the returns on investment have to be how the process of launching a fund work what skills are needed and more finally we ask Alain for specific advice that we could apply to our own situation how we could detect a good from a bad investor and what he looks for in a founder. Having Alain on the show was a delight and I'm excited to share this conversation with all of you today. Enjoy. Yeah, so maybe we can just jump right in. Okay, and, perfect, with um, I think with most pleasure. importantly, thank you for, for taking the time. We, we really appreciate it, you, you must be a busy person. A pleasure, um, a pleasure. Uh, yeah, maybe we can start by you telling uh, us and our audience who you are and what you do, just as a start. Okay, so um, my name is Alan Nico. I'm uh, born and raised in Lausanne area.
1: Uh, started doing some business studies um, and worked for serious companies like Arthur Anderson and McKinsey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left to become an entrepreneur. I spent 13 years being an entrepreneur in various uh, shapes and forms. Um, a few known companies uh, are Compex, it's a muscle stimulation device. That is used by top sportsmen. That was a company I was a majority shareholder of for uh, almost all of that period. Um, then I started uh, Le Shop, an internet grocery company that went through all kinds of ups and downs, but it was a very very exciting and fun project. Um, I was also involved in the creation of various uh, companies in the uh, in the nascent, um, wave of internet and telecommunications in the mid 90s. I'm still chairman of one of them called VTX uh, Telecom, it's a company in Laudan doing uh, um, telecom services for Kaimu's for a small and medium-sized enterprise and then in 2002 a change in my life um, uh, I came across a venture incubator uh, actually some of its shareholders and they asked me to join and um, try to do something with that fund that was not doing too well Uh, So I joined the end of 2002, Um, we put a team together very quickly, uh, four people, we're four in total, um, four investors plus one person taking care of admin, and since 2002 we've been running that fund. Our mission is to support early stage uh, companies Um, in Switzerland, mostly um, they are university spin-offs. Uh, I would say half is in Schweiz, half is in uh, Westschweiz, and half is in uh, life science in uh, general, so medtech, biotech and all the rest, and half is in uh, IT, material science and and the rest. Um, So that's where we are. Otherwise on me, um, I have three children that are not children anymore, (laughs) Uh, they're grown-ups. I'm going to soon be a grandfather, which is a great news. should happen anytime. Nice. Um, and I uh, still have two, uh, two of my children that are doing uh, studies, um, PhDs or masters, and uh, some are considering starting their company. So I'm, you know it's very funny to see the, to see uh, the kind of uh, legacy one that gives. So that's where I am. <laughs> Um, and I share my time between uh, Lausanne and Geneva. Uh, sorry, Lausanne and, and Zurich. Uh, that's where I spend most of my time. Right, and you, you, you bring your foldable bike bicycle. And that's the best way to travel uh, around Switzerland. It's very funny because the, uh, it creates all kind of hassle with the SBB. SBB considers that a foldable bike is a bike. So they want me to pay something for the bike. And I say this is not bigger than the luggage. So we always have arguments. It makes it makes it puts a bit of color
0: on my travel. So I like it. Always exciting when you get on a train. I love it. I love it. What do you enjoy about um, being a partner at an investment fund?
1: Um, What do I enjoy? I mean, I I like um, for for me the highlight is is really the relations with the CEOs of the companies we finance or the ones we consider financing. Um, I think they are in general wonderful persons, very interesting people, driven, uh, visionary, uh, want to do something different, want to save the world. I mean there's all kind of shapes and forms on the way they do it but in general they're very interesting people so I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy seeing them and, and interacting with them. So that, that for me is the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest joy uh, the other big joy is, is to see companies for those who are successful and they're not all successful uh, we'll, we can talk about numbers later but for those who are successful to see them uh, build up uh, teams um, and do some um, you know and, and, and build up a real organization a real service uh, and have a real impact on the industry they've chosen right. and I think it's 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 a real joy to be part of that kind of game yeah um, I also enjoy the, the fact that Investors trust in us. Um, it's a big act of faith huh, to 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 give a, a team like us a, a big check, actually, and say you know run it and, and do the best out of it. Um, I think we're doing okay, so um, I feel I feel okay versus that. But I'm very grateful that some people considered giving
0: um, you know trusting us with uh,
1: with those kind of, of numbers. Right. Is
0: there anything now if you compare your your work now to the times where you were a startup a startup entrepreneur is there anything you're missing is there is there any dark sides of the
1: of the job sure sure. I mean there is a undoubtedly um, I don't have as much excitement as uh, I used to have as an entrepreneur when you land a client you land a new contract you land a financing round you land something Uh, it's mega exciting and I'm one step or two steps remote from those events, yeah. and um, sometimes I have fun with the entrepreneurs. Say you call me when you have problems, but when you have a good news, you don't call me. <laughs> okay. So please try do at least fifty-fifty. Uh, <laughs> don't just call me when you can't pay the salaries at the end of the month. Um, uh, but joke apart, I mean, it's it's really part of the of the thing. You're not you you're not as close to the operation as um, as you are if, as a CEO, which is normal. I mean. If, it's not our job to to interfere in, into uh, operations and into uh, uh, into the day to day of those companies. Um, so I miss that, frankly, and I miss the uh, the fact of leading a team um, of young people that are motivated, that want to conquer the world, and whatever. I mean, it's a it's a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, but Be but awesome. I don't think, on the other hand. Um, uh, I'm now 58, and um, I don't think I would be a great entrepreneur. Yeah. I think to be a great entrepreneur, you need to be younger than that. So, Why is that? Um, I think there's that 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 dose of craziness, that dose of um, of uh, let's try it, do it, fix it, which after a certain time you may not have anymore. Mm. At least, if I look at the at the numbers, I mean the relevant numbers of the companies I've been involved with, either by VI or personally, which is in the in between you know, around 60, 70, 80 companies. I don't know exactly, but that's the kind of number. I've not had one single outlier success with a 50 plus entrepreneur. None. Mm. And I would even put it the other way around, the, all the outlier um, results, I mean, the ones who were really extraordinary, were started by people that were in their 20s. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean the success came in their 20s, but they started that when they were in their 20s. So yeah. I think there is something to it. I'm, I haven't seen any statistics, but at least in the relevant sample of my companies, this is clearly what I've been observing. And it probably has to do with that, that craziness aspect.
0: We're very lucky to have started then, ourselves. (laughs) that's very good. You didn't start too late. (laughs) That is true. How do you... I mean, you you, you said and shared you were grateful for for the check that you received and in a sense, your your own startup um, as well. Someone gave you money and you have to make something out of it. Yeah. Um, How do you manage the... How how is that? How, How do you manage the pressure? How do you sleep at night? Because those are extremely big checks. Yeah. Um, how, how is that? Um, actually,
1: first of all, I'm not a very good sleeper anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the money I have to manage or not. So, um, but having said that, I mean, if I try to, to take away that element, that bias, which is I'm not a good sleeper, what makes me a good sleep or a better, worse sleep um, is um, I think it's, it's do I feel I've been acting responsibly? Um, I think that's the most uh, the, the most relevant thing. I mean uh, that we make money or lose money. Well, that's you know the result of our work, um, and I can live with both, and I take the responsibility for both. I I feel bad if I if I think I've not done, taken a decision or taken an action that was done in a responsible way. Anything not happen, and that that keeps me sleepless. Yeah, but if you did your best, you did it in good faith, then
0: that's it you know yeah I think that's extremely good advice for also startup founders I think so I think Uh, so really be responsible
1: be responsible Have integrity and exactly and that that the thing doesn't turn out nicely can happen shit happens in life that's okay i I think that it is not okay if it's not done responsibly so now I would would say that's the probably the best uh, the, the best criteria for good sleep bad sleep yeah so, but the, the expectations of the people who give you the money are
0: 10x or higher, right? Why is that? Why, why is
1: No, this? it's not. I don't think they, they have. I mean, maybe they haven't. They don't tell me. I mean, they never told me we want 10x. Um, what you try when you invest in a company to do a 10x because of the numbers involved. Um, we've had historically 50% failure rate, five zero. Um, that means in half the cases you lose money, um, part of it, all of it, I mean something, I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, and then you have the rest. And If you want to return a 2-3x to your investors, which is a perfectly acceptable number nowadays for a fund, not an individual investment, uh, some of them will do a 1-1.5-2x, one, one so you need a few that do 5-10, to 10 or, or better even, I mean obviously if you can do a 50 timer it's not bad. <laughs> but <laughs> and um nobody's gonna forbid you from doing that, but you you need to have one of the, a few of those outliers that that pay for the fund. if you look at our performance um we've more or less doubled um historically on the companies with a with a half you know half of the companies going going under or not not performing um and if we look at our performance, we have actually out of the 25 companies we sold, uh, 25-ish—I'm not sure—it's the exact number. Uh, I think there's three that pay for 80% of the profits, or four. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of number. I don't have the the exact concentration, yeah. but yeah. it's 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 a it's a relatively strong concentration. And I think we in Switzerland we haven't seen yet a lot of those outliers, or 20, 30, 40 timers that are that skew the system even more. Mm-hmm. Um, we might start seeing some now because the ecosystem is, is I think, working better and better. And if you look at the U.S. funds, a lot of them have actually a skew that is even even bigger. So you need to make sure that you have a few of those outliers in your portfolio. You, you start with the hope that 100% will be so, yeah. and you end up with the fact that 10% are so. <laughs> but. <No. laughs> Are there also funds failing because they never find the outliers? Yeah, sure. Does it happen or if you look, but if you look at the performance of the the great names in the venture industry, uh, they don't have less failures than others. What they have, they have more outliers than others. That makes a difference. The failures you will have them anyway. Yeah. And you have to live with it. You just have to make sure you minimize the losses in the in the failures. But you need to have some of those outliers. So when you invest and I think we did a few mistakes in the beginning of our career here to say okay we'll aim for two and three and uh, uh, and it will be nice and actually that's a bad idea Um, it takes too much effort Um, the risk reward is not good enough so you should avoid those things and really go for um, every single deal should be an outlier and then it ends up not being so for sure but at least you have a few that if if you land them then you have your performance.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your what's your when you invest in a in a in a startup uh what's the time frame that you that as a fund you wish a return on investment, you know. Uh, well, is there the, it, or is there anything like that? Um obviously you have hopes and
1: you can you you can have and, uh, and uh, a few ideas you try to say in five years, I'd like to get my money back in my multiple. Uh, in reality, we are at an average duration of seven years ish. Maybe a little bit lower, maybe a little bit higher. I don't know, but we're, we're at around seven. Uh, in my personal portfolio, I'm also around seven. So that seems to be a number that works pretty nicely. But again, the seven is an average and it's made out of very big extremes. Mm-hmm. We've had. Uh, A few um, real success stories very early, you know, one two years. You can be lucky. Uh, We have a few companies in our portfolio that are dragging their feet big time, and we're there since twelve years, and nothing is happening yet. Uh, So there's a bit of everything, and then, then you can also say that um, you 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 tend to see pretty quickly also the bad ones. so the the companies where there's a mistake, there's something wrong in the system, whether it's the team, the idea, the IP, whatever it is, some fail pretty quickly. So you see those uh, come out very uh, in the net first two three years, and then decide what to do. Mm. So there's a the, the seven year average is, is made up of many many different things, and I think it is fundamentally wrong to set an agenda, even if we as investors have a responsibility to our shareholders to say we we doing a 10-year fund or whatever it is whatever the terms of the funds are you need to have a discipline to say I need to you know, sell the companies within the time frame um, but to say I need to sell this and that company in 2021 is, is wrong because maybe in 2021 the company will not be ready they will not be a buyer and if there is no buyers and you try to push a sale you you'd get nothing mm-hmm. So. Um, it's, it's funny because we've done, we do um, every quarter an estimate not only the, the Buchhaltung the, 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 the accounting estimates of the portfolio but we do an estimate what the company will be worth one day and we've stopped putting a day. We just say that or that company will be worth X millions and our share Y millions and that's the only statement we give we uh, we started by putting but that was so wrong that we stopped. It was a shame <laughs> um, and the, the fun thing about it is that if we look with hindsight, one year before selling our companies. So every single company we sold and we sold 20 odd companies and we take our estimate of the of the price uh, we got. It's 5% off to the lower end of what we actually got in average. So we're pretty good at forecasting. Good. Yeah, mm. we're pretty good at forecasting the what value. we're going to set the value. The but time. we've been awfully wrong in the time.
0: Awfully. I think that's a human thing. <laughs> I mean, pre- predicting the future. You, you reassure me that I'm it's a human. I'm not a machine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Thank it's you. impossible. Thank you. <laughs> you. I appreciate. We all believe we can <laughs> predict the future, but it's not it doesn't possible. Work. No. <laughs> yeah. How do? How high do the returns for a fund need to be to, you know, to be able to open a, an additional fund? I would say you, you should return two X to your
1: shareholders. That's a good, a good measure. Yeah, it's more a multiple than an IRR. Mm. I mean, I think we're. It's different. I mean, if you are in in the leverage buyout or in the, in, in the financial world, um, they calculate a lot in IRR because there is. It's very relevant in their case. Uh, time is money, and they need to make sure that the companies perform very quickly. In, in venture, I think the IR is obviously an, an, an important measure but the biggest measure is a multiple yeah. um, So I would say if you, if you have a two timer then you you, you you can start talking mm. below two times is a bit difficult
0: yeah. How would you we, we wanted to explore a bit more you know the, the whole process of launching a fund what's what's in who's involved what what has to happen to open it? How would you go about launching a fund? What, what are some of the activities that you would have to do?
1: Well, the first thing is you need to have a team that is, is well-rounded. Um, the, those investment decisions are not simple to take. So you, you, you're well off if you have a team that can complement each other and have different views on the, on, the, uh, on, on the companies, on the investment opportunities, on the decision to be taken. Um, I think it's important to avoid this kind of self-fulfilling prophecies, you know, where everybody agrees on something, say, yeah, yeah, go, or not go, and that, I mean, if you don't have a challenge, then it's, why have a team, Mm. and do it it on your own, so first of all, it's, is to put a team together that have, that managed to put those challenges, and, and, by definition, then it, it's not simple to put a team together that, that challenges each other, because, Um, It's nice to have people that just reassure you, say yeah you're good, you go. Um, It's always a bit more complicated to have people that that will say well I'm not sure this is a good idea and why do you want to do it and why should we do this and why should we do that. So, um, Putting the team together and then um, obviously go out and and, and fish for some money. We're doing now some, uh, we're starting fundraising for a new fund, Um, we've decided that uh, very recently. It's the first time we do that because uh, Vi was given to us. I mean, we didn't fundraise; they came to look for us. So that was a different experience. So I'm um, I'm doing that for the first time in my life. I mean, it takes uh, uh, it took me a long time to get to do something for the first time again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, you had you need to have you know, the good team, and then a good story. You know, what what is your investment thesis? What are you going to invest in? And, and why can you claim you are the best in investing in that kind of stuff? Um, and what's your track record? And um, It's like a startup. It's like a startup. It's like a yeah, startup. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, at the end of the day, it's like a startup. Yeah. What you say, you put a team together that complements each other. So personal views, obviously, and, 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 and types of persons. Is there also different skills that are needed? Yes, yeah, sure, and
1: then the know-how in, in specific uh, things. I mean, for instance, in our case, we have two, uh, two of the partners are really life science uh, related people and two of the partners are more IT and material science and whatever. And then we have two younger um, people who joined the team who are great. And one also in life science and one in, in, in uh, IT. And I think they, they bring their different views on the things and um, I think that has a lot of value. Yeah, definitely.
0: If if someone wants to start a fund, um, I mean, you're you're probably the size of your fund is going to be different than from someone who who starts sure. who has less experience has has a, a mm-hmm. different team. Um, what's the minimum size that that? I, I don't think there's one answer to that. I mean, there is.
1: Um, I think the fund should provide enough diversification for the, for the investors, but also enough concentration that if one works, it really matters. Mm. So I would say 10 to 15 lines in a fund is the right number, probably. Um, and then if you take 10 to 15 lines, depending on what you want to do, you need to say, I'm going to invest in average five or 10 or two or whatever. And then it gives you the size of your fund. Yeah. If you're doing growth financing, you may need a uh, 20 million per, per pop. So yeah. you need a three hundred million fund or else you're nobody. If you want to do seed uh, seed funding and God knows what, then you can go with less. If you want to do biotech seed funding, you need more than if you do IT seed funding. So there's a whole kind of different series, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's one answer. And then the business model has to make sense in terms of um, being able to pay the management team properly. Yeah. So that there is also a few maths to be run on that one. Is it still the 220? Yeah, the 220. Uh, the 220 is a, is
0: a normal. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we we were uh, discussing some questions for for founders, questions that we hear a lot. Yeah. Um, also questions that uh, happen to us and that we we can't answer ourselves. So we thought we'd uh, exploit this situation and ask <laughs> you for your advice. Um, mm-hmm. One situation is, uh, especially in Switzerland, it's not easy to just go without money for long. So the costs of living are very high, um, and a lot of people have side jobs um, yeah. or full-time jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, how would you recommend? Let's say there's two or three founders. Um, the you know the focus uh, of job versus startup. Yeah. So there's a situation there could be. I know a startup that has three female founders, two are working full-time on a paid job and one is working full-time on the startup. Then there's startups where they work part-time on the job. And do you have any experience with that? And what's your I would have
1: a few thoughts come to my mind. Uh, The first one is, um, I think it is is important to be thoughtful about um, asymmetric things mm-hmm. in the team. If one works full-time at the bank or at EPFL or at ETH and whatever, and the other one is a full-time in the startup, it is not unlikely that at some point in time there will be tension saying what the fuck are you doing, you are you just you're having that comfortable job and I'm working my ass off and or vice versa or uh, I'm working, you know, I'm giving half my salary to the company and you can't get things done, I mean <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean. So, I think those asymmetric things are dangerous. Um, yeah. They're they feasible, I'm not saying they're not to be done, but you need, you need to be thoughtful about them. I would say that's the first point. And the second point is whether the company itself, the company that is being created, justifies big investments or not. I mean, in my opinion, there's a lot of companies that don't justify big investments, which is not necessarily a bad news. I'm not saying, you know, it's only companies that need big investments that are great companies and all the rest is crap. Um, it's, it's, it's really a matter of saying, what is the value of my independence versus the value of having a lot of money to go faster and, and, and further and whatever with my company. And in some cases, you're better off not having investors putting undue pressure onto, onto you and to be really independent and independence is a great thing in life. Um, it's a great uh, it's a great state of being um, and if you have v c money you 're not independent mm-hmm. um, so first question is is you know the asymmetric behavior and the second one is do you need um uh, do you really need venture money and and if the answer is no then figure it out you know find your side jobs and god knows what you know find a way to pay the bills and and Frankly, I would recommend if there is a doubt that VC money is a good idea or not, try to f- try to work with uh, without VCs and work with customer money. I mean, for sure, customer money is cheaper than shareholders' money. Mm. So yeah. if you can, <laughs> yeah. if you can have a few customers paying for your stuff, I mean, it's better. Yeah. Um, and then if you have a real a real big idea that justifies a lot of money, then raise the money as soon as possible and stop all kind of side jobs. And that doesn't work either.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you, what's your thought process to identify something that needs a, l- a lot of money versus something that doesn't need a lot of money? I mean, there might be uh, an e-commerce startup or, or anything else that, you know, it, there's no big uh, investments needed, yeah. but you could grow it faster, maybe. Hi. <laughs>
1: Hello.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> we've seen an interview, but you can't see yeah <laughs> so yeah so how do you identify how do you how do you select these ideas? how do you say this needs a lot of investment or not because sometimes the 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 answer might not be very clear yeah well the the, the first thing is 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 it a really big idea i mean can
1: this thing go into the hundreds of millions or the billions or the whatever i mean that's the first question if, if the goal is to be the world market leader of, of a small market. My first company Compex for instance were, we were undoubtedly uh, uh, the, the world market leader of, of, of our category but it was a hundred million market probably and we're doing 20-30 million revenues no that doesn't justify a big investment uh, you just need to figure it out uh, and a lot of the financing came from me doing a side job Yeah. (laughs) So I did a lot of consulting work and stuff, and that those fees that were nice and hefty uh, went into the company. Yeah. And that was good enough. I mean, I didn't need much more money. I mean, you would have thrown five or ten million or twenty or thirty. I wouldn't have gone any further, any faster. So, uh, and we did nicely at the end. I mean, the company was was nice and profitable and growing, and we sold it very nicely. So, no problem. Um, so it's really a matter of seeing if the size is is big enough or not to justify that investment, um, and then you know can the investment really make you go faster? How does it help in the end? Yeah. Ah, can, yeah. Are you really going faster because you have a million or ten or twenty or fifty uh, in in the cash box? Yeah. In certain cases, it's obvious. I mean, if you look at the the, the biotech model, and it's obvious, you need you need some money. Period. I mean, otherwise you will never get your thing going. Yeah. If you really want to drug, I mean, a drug development, not biotech in general, because you can do a service, right? Yeah. There's been a very few, there's been a few s- example of service-driven companies in the biotech that did extremely well for the founders, but with no venture money. Yeah. That also works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, you know, as if you can do it that way, I mean, find five jobs and, and,
0: and, and figure it out. Right. <laughs> I mean, definitely, if you can make it without investor money. Um, better. Better. Yeah, sure. because there's one one <laughs> less one boss less to exactly. uh, to, to answer to. Exactly. You already have the customers. You, <laughs> you have you your to. wife, your customers. <laughs> you <have all> your <laughs> customers. So exactly, <laughs> uh, it just adds up. It's way way too much. But many. in the moment when you um, when you decide you want to have venture money, yeah. venture capital money, um, or just investors anywhere, mm-hmm. um, how do you detect the good from a bad investor? How, how can you? as sounds as, as as, as yeah. well I think there's a
1: few things you can do I mean you do due, due diligence I mean first of all you have your opinion on the person I mean it you, you don't you rarely get money after one hour interview so you'll see the person a few times and um, you can do the same than we do with startups you know they say they, do they say what they do do they do what they say uh, you can do the same with the venture capitalist right he promised me this and that did he do it did he not do it did he he uh, uh, open doors, did he, would he, did he act constructively, does he understand what I'm doing, etc., etc., do I feel well or not with that person? And then you can call a few CEOs the, 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 the venture capitalist has been working with and say, you know, how is it to work with so-and-so? Is That's he constructive? Is he a true asshole? Is he uh, nice? Is he uh, tired? I mean, you, you'll find out. Right. Because pattern repeats themselves. So whatever you'll hear is probably not far away from reality. Yeah. And it's up to you to know whether <coughs> you can live with that or not. And then secondly whether you have a choice or not. <laughs> Maybe he's the only <laughs> one that made an offer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a few aspects there. <laughs> There's a few aspects to the story. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned in the beginning what you what you look at in the founder and you just said now, you know, you do a mm. you do a check with does he say what he does and does he do what he say? Um, what do you personally look for in a founder so that it look really it. feels
1: the ability good. to get things done I mean I I try to have as much as possible a film and not a picture I mean obviously when somebody pitches you a thing for the first time then it's a picture and sometimes you need to act fast and then you have to take a decision on the picture which is difficult what I try to do is to see those people a few times over time and uh, write down. I take notes on everything uh, all the time Oh, every, anything you tell me is written down somewhere, um, and I find it. So, I, if I see you 2 months, 3 months, 6 months, 12 months after, you say, well, you told me this would happen. What happened, actually? Yeah. And that's very useful. Yeah. Uh, not that if it doesn't happen, then uh, it's wrong, because often those things, the, the things don't happen the way they were planned or whatever, but the interesting thing is, what did you do in view of the fact it didn't work the way you thought? that for me is that the, the, the important I and mean, how in uh, um, how does the the entrepreneur react to adverse effects or to opportunities I mean it doesn't need to be negative it can be positive too you know, I saw this great client, this great prospect so we changed our focus on this um, fine mm-hmm. and what came out so you, you look at the ability to get things done to react to to move etc then you look at um, uh, the ability to communicate properly I mean uh, obviously it's not only a communication job to be CEO, but you need to be credible, you need to be um, to attract people around you, be it employees, client, investors, God knows what. Um, and each one has his style, I mean obviously the uh, the double PhD postdoc uh, will have a different uh, view and attitude than somebody coming out of a hotel school or whatever I mean yeah because because the, the genetic coding is different yeah. and education is different but you, you need to have some you need to have that ability to communicate which I think is important um, obviously endurance courage um, vision there, there is a very interesting thing um, also is 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 the level of energy the same when you talk about the vision you know, sort of what do you want to do? I want to save the world because I'm going to find a cure to this and that drug or to this and that uh, pathology or whatever it is you know and it's very easy to be enthusiastic about that you know and say when that works the world is gonna be so much better and uh, you can tell beautiful stories around that so that's easy and if you switch gears and you say and what are you gonna do actually this afternoon we're meeting now it's nine o'clock in the morning what is the rest of your day? You know, what, what are the other things you're doing? And if you see the same level of enthusiasm about the shit stuff he has to do in right coming out of the meeting, it's good. If yeah. <laughs> so you need to have the same level of enthusiasm for the, the, for the big idea than for the, the stuff you need to, to get done to make sure your vision comes to completion. Yeah. Mm. And that's, that's difficult. Yeah, I, didn't, mm. I never heard that It's, a, it's um, difficult before. Yeah. It's very difficult. And you see that in, in, in certain people, you see that enthusiasm, in some others you don't see it. If you don't see it, it's, it's 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 worth having a few questions.
0: Yeah. What if they're just quiet people?
1: Well, that's exactly <laughs> that. But that's the ability to get things done. Then you say, if, you, if you've seen the, the person over a certain period of time, then you say, you told me you would do this, or that, what happened. Right. That proof is in the pudding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Proof is in the pudding. So it's, it's,
0: um, yeah, yeah. As it, you said, it's different aspects. It's, it's, it's an unexact <laughs> science anyway. So right. yeah. it would be, everybody <laughs> would know how to do it. Then if yeah. it were science. would right. be too <laughs> simple <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> is there, is there any startup that you're missing on the market? Anything that you th- thought ah, there should be something for that?
1: I think the big big ideas. I don't know which one the next are going to be by definition. Yeah. By definition, if 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 it was obvious, then there would be too many people trying it. Um, so I think the next big idea that would be uh, uh, probably I don't know what it is today, and I think that's that's the right way. Yeah. I think if you if you think of, you know, I'd like a better service for this or that. That's incremental. It's not going to make you a ten x probably obviously there's a lot of things i mean i just traveled back and forth in the u.s last week i'd love to have an airline that manages the service from door to door not just in the airline you know the security checks and this thing and the rubbish in the hotel in the in the, in, in in but okay that's incremental i don't know who can yeah that's sort of a little bit better and a little bit faster, a little bit cheaper, a little bit better value for money. That's not going to create a big startup. The big startup is really somebody coming with and disrupting something big time.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I think by definition it doesn't. Uh,
0: it's not something super visible.
1: No. Mm-hmm. By definition, I think. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By definition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Catch you a different angle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. Ich lasse mich gerne überraschen,
0: as you say. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it keeps the game exciting. Yeah, exactly. Right, if you have that, that approach. Exactly. And yeah. not assume you know what's next. No, yeah. that's for sure not. Yeah. Well, thank you. Michel, do you yeah. have any other no. questions that popped no. up in your mind? Pleasure, guys. Good. Thank, luck you, so for, yeah, for thank you so much for taking the time. Really, a a really nice conversation. Thanks. Take care. You too. That was it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Startup Stories. Make sure to check out the show notes with additional links at nerdentrepreneurs.com. And if you like our podcast, leave a review on iTunes. Cheers. Cheers.